Hello, everyone. Welcome to the trade deadline edition of the Flyered Up podcast. I am your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. The trade deadline ended around four hours ago. It's currently 7 o'clock p.m. in Philadelphia, and the trade deadline wrapped up at around 3 p.m. So it's been a very, very active trade deadline. A lot of teams making some big moves, some teams making some really, I would say, some great moves to improve the roster on pushes for their respective playoffs. Some teams making some questionable moves as well. But we focus on the Philadelphia Flyers first and foremost. And the Flyers, they made some moves to improve the depth of this roster. So we go to the first move today for the Philadelphia Flyers. So they trade with the Montreal Canadiens, and they acquire center Nate Thompson from Montreal in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2021 NHL Draft. And first and foremost from this deal, honestly, I was I was a bit eh about it at first, but when you look at when you look at hindsight, this is what the Flyers need. They were going out in this trade deadline to acquire depth pieces for the roster, and Nate Thompson is one of those guys that can fit the depth role. And honestly, if you look at his track record, he has a, had a lot of playoff experience. I think he's had around 60-something 60 play, 60 playoff games. So that's some great leadership for young guys on this roster going into the playoffs. If the Flyers make the playoffs, I kid you not. <laughs> also... It's just, it's veteran leadership. He's 35 years old. Yeah, granted that he, he's not a scorer, which everyone was hoping for, but yeah. he's a nice deaf piece to fit on the bottom six. And Chris, what are your thoughts on this trade currently? I don't mind it. Uh, like, as you said, I think the couple things that you pointed out to really, like, that's basically, I agree with what you just said as well, like with the playoff experience, veteran in the locker room, things like that. Uh, and, and, and again, like with the guys, uh, the younger guys on this team. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I looked at it and I'm thinking I saw it because at first like it wasn't like they gave the full details at first because this was like minutes after the Peugeot trade happened as I'm looking at it and mm-hmm. it was like okay I'm thinking all right and then it was like the Flyers have serious interest in uh, Nate Thompson that I refreshed the page because I was on like the the TSN trade bait thing all day because I was in school so I couldn't like all this like the websites were blocked because they're like under a certain uh, thing on our school computers so and that was the only thing that i that i was able to get on that wasn't blocked because it was it's tsn is canadian it's not for the united states so i i'm guessing they didn't know about it but anyways i was refreshing it and then it's and then and then next to it it says it it, it had a headline it was like flyers are uh heavy interested in nate thompson and then it was like a, a hyphen and then it was like update it's a done deal and i was like wait so I looked at it and I was like, okay, so the Flyers got Nate Thompson. And then I'm thinking like, <clears throat> all right, that's not horrible. It probably could have got someone better. Then I'd see that it was a fifth round pick. I'm like, all right, that's actually not that bad because if it was like a fourth or maybe a third, I would have been a little mad <laughs> because like <laughs> you're giving up a third or fourth round pick. Granted, it's not that high of a pick, but a fifth round pick for Nate Thompson and all the points that you just said, you know, the veteran in the locker room, playoff experience, things like that. It's really not that bad, and again, for a fifth-round pick, I necessarily don't mind it, but I, I I mean, I do think they could have gotten something different, but as I said, for a fifth-round pick, it's not bad. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree, and just going into this trade deadline, we all know the Flyers were insanely tight on the cap mm. going into this deadline, and Chuck Fletcher was really just tight for trying to make a trade. Everyone was yeah. expecting uh, him to go out and get a guy like get John Gabriel Pajot, go out and get a guy like Jeff Carter, and other big names that people are freaking out about that went to other teams. But 
Chuck Fletcher went into this draft. He had a goal. He wanted to improve the bottom six, the depth of this team, and he went out and did that. And our second trade of the day from the Philadelphia Flyers has happened not too long after the Nate Thompson trade. We have a trade with the Anaheim Ducks. So the Flyers have acquired forward Derek Grant from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for forward Kyle Kruskulo in a fourth-round pick in the 2020 NHL entry draft. So Anaheim gets a prospect from the Flyers and a 2020 fourth-round pick, and we get Derek Grant. And he's honestly, I think he's playing bottom-line minutes for Anaheim, and he has 14 goals on the season. So he honestly goes up the... uh, the list of Flyers leading goal scorers right there with 14. So it's like you get a nice scoring depth piece right there too. And Grant, I honestly love the piece. He's making a me. He's making league minimum at this point. He's making 700,000. Yeah. And to almost get 15 goals. I mean, he hasn't even played a game in a Flyers uniform and he's sixth on the team in goals. Yeah. He has more goals than Jake Voracek. Yes, he does. And, and it's not that Voracek and nothing against Voracek. He's playing final season, but it's just Voracek just hasn't scored as much. Yes, and Grant, and, and as you said, for the money he makes, uh, I mean, he's just he's a very good player, very good on the penalty kill. He has a, I believe, a fifty-one point four percent faceoff percentage. It's actually really good. Uh, very good penalty killer. He's aggressive. He's not that. He's not as great five-on-five, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what the Flyers really brought him in for. I guess. I mean, I, it's really just to, uh, you know, to add some more depth to that to the obviously the roster and to the penalty kill as well. Uh, I mean, when you add a guy like that and you already have great penalty killers and Ivan Provorov, Matt Niskanen, Lawton, Michael Roffel, Kevin Hayes, I mean, it, that's going to be a really good penalty kill. Uh, and again, I'm excited to see what happens there with, uh, with Grant too throwing in on that because they said he was actually going to be on a line tomorrow with Hayes and connecting. Yes. I, I've seen that um, both, mm-hmm. Both Thompson and Grant are going to play in tomorrow's game against the San Jose Sharks. And with these incoming trades from of Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, and the Flyers are, are tight on the cap it, as it is, the, Chuck Fletcher sadly has to send down two young guys to the fandoms, and those young guys are Connor Bunneman, and other people are going to hate this move a lot. Joel Farabee is also sent down to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms just to release some cap space, and Chuck Fletcher did state in his press conference that this was more of a move that he made himself to send Joel Farabee down to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. But we always well, we always knew that Connor Bonwin, he was going to be the odd guy out if the Flyers made it a trade for a bottom six forward. He was definitely going to be odd one out to get sent down. But if you look at if you look at the facts right now, Connor Bonwin, like I said, he was the odd guy out, the first odd guy out. If you look at Nicholas Albe Kubel, he has made a massive argument for him to stay on this team the rest of the season into the near future. Mm-hmm. And then then you have Joel Farabee. Yeah, Joel Farabee has played really well this season, but lately he hasn't played his best hockey. And with Nicholas Albe-Kubel playing as good as he has been on the fourth line and chipping in on the offense as well, that kind of makes Joel Farabee an odd guy out because you can't send another roster player down to the fans without making them go through waivers. So... Joel Fair becomes another odd guy out, and he get he's going to get sent down to the Phantoms, and Chuck Fletcher stated he wants Joel Farabee to play top-line minutes in a different role. He wants him to be more offensive down with Lehigh Valley because hey, the production hasn't been there for Joel Farabee, and he's been in different roles as he's played through the Flyers throughout the lineups this season. So if he goes down to Lehigh Valley, plays in one consistent role on the top line with the Phantoms, and produce a little bit, maybe that can boost his confidence a little bit more. And granted, 
Joel Farabee is not going to be down with the fandoms the, the rest of the season. He is definitely going to be called up at another time. And if the Flyers make the playoffs, Joel Farabee is going to be in the lineup. He's going to get oh, called yeah. back up on the roster. He's going to be there when the Flyers are in the playoffs. This is not a punishment. Yeah, it feels like a slap in the face to Joel Farabee. Definitely he's pissed about this, but he can use that pissed, well, pissed off emotion as motivation to get better and to produce more and earn his way back up into the NHL. So this is this honestly could be a blessing in disguise for someone like Joel Farabee. And it's just, I, I know people are pissed about this, but look at reality. The, yeah, the, it, it the had Flyers to have no cap space. Right, and plus they weren't sending down, I mean, like, as you said with Albi Cabell, he's made a name for himself, and I think he should be on the team for the rest of the season. Bunneman was obvious because that was, was that Bunneman's second or third stint? I believe it was second. This was his second stint. Second stint, NHL. okay, yeah. Um, but, like, again, like, uh, yeah, Butterman was obvious. Albie Kubel, no. And you can't send down Ralph, Michael Roffle. So yeah. it had to be Farabee. So yeah. it's like, at this point, I was kind of just like, all right, well, I was kind of thinking, I was like, honestly, it's probably going to be Farabee. Like, when I saw that it was, like, one of the three had to get sent down, I was like, Okay, yeah, that, I was like, that's definitely fire because he hasn't played that. He's he's had a good season, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't played that played that great recently. Like he had that stretch in the round uh, after the All Star break, and then he had that really nice goal versus the Avalanche. Played really good after that, um, and then th- they kind of dwindled down a little bit. Um, that la- the last game they played versus Winnipeg, he started the third period on the third line, and with about eight minutes left, he went to the fourth line, uh, and then they put Michael Raffle with. Uh, Hayes and Konechny, who was with who that was who with Farabee was with Hayes. It was Farabee, Hayes, and Konechny on the second line for the start that game. So uh, I don't know if that was just because the way Michael Rafa was playing, or if that's the way Farabee was playing. Um, obviously, it has to do a little bit. Obviously, it has something to do a little bit with both. But uh, again, I think I think it was kind of obvious for them to send down uh, Farabee, and and that and that kind of just reminds me of the same thing with Frost because everyone was saying like. Yeah, you know, he'll be back. And I'm at this point I'm kinda leaning more towards like I don't think we're gonna see Frost the rest of the season. No, we're we're definitely not gonna see Morgan Frost the rest of the season. Maybe maybe he's one of those call ups for the playoffs when the Flyers get there, but I don't I see Morgan Frost more as just just get better and work on your game down in the AHL. Just dominate against the lesser competition on the top lines and produce. I right. think that's the main goal for Morgan Frost. And if you look at the salary cap right now, so right now, after acquiring Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, like I said, Derek Grant makes the league minimum. He's at seven hundred thousand per season. He has this is the last year on his contract. He will be a UFA after this season. And if you look at Nate Thompson, he makes he's making a million right now, and this is the last year of his contract. He will also be a UFA after this season. And the projected salary cap right now for the Philadelphia Flyers, it's projected to be at seventy thousand nine hundred and fifty-four. That is incredibly tight. Yeah. incredibly mm-hmm. it's <laughs> it's just it's still weird to think about how the past few years the flyers have been one of the haven't had that much they've had a lot of cap space after actually the past few recent years with ron hextall and then you introduce chuck fletcher and now we're here <laughs> with yeah. the tight cap space again but I'm, i don't mind it honestly it's not like paul holmgren giving out the ridiculous contracts to old washed-up players. Right. Like, these are moves that make sense, and sadly, it increases the cap a lot. Yeah. And it's funny, too. Like, with all this happening, like, with these moves that, like, are, you know, that makes sense, like, 
Do you think there's any way any way that like fans like aren't used to a trade deadline that like isn't supposed to be a splash? I think the past few years fans were honestly used to it, but the, with the Flyers, the way they've been playing this season, they kind of expected something to happen at the trade deadline because they've been playing so good. Oh, right. we're playing so good, we're expected to be buyers at the deadline to get a big name. Well, one, you forgot about the cap space and how tight we are. Two. There are needs to this team that don't require a big name to come in and fill that need. Right. And three, the, the bottom six was the the biggest need for the Philadelphia Flyers. And that yeah. th- just to add more depth. That's what we needed. Yeah, and it's not like the bottom six is played bad. It's just to add more depth to it to make it better. Yeah, and if you That's go all into, it is. The depth is what you need to go into the playoffs to play yeah. very well. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you can't, ha- you can't have too much depth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, depth is, honestly, you can't have enough of it. Uh-huh. The fl- the Flyers and like it's some and Chuck Fletcher did state this. It's like it's the little moves that you don't expect that can become big rewards come playoff time. Right. Like if you make a big trade for like this say this big name guy and it doesn't work out when you get to the playoffs, that trade becomes a failure. But mm-hmm. then you get the the teams that make the little moves and they go further on in the playoffs and right. it helps them. It helps them in the long run. This could be these could be two trades to help the Flyers, especially in the long run. With Nate Thompson and yeah, his leadership because, and just playing the four or five minutes. Right. And then you get Grant playing on the penalty kill and providing some depth scoring. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like w- with Grant, like I, and I'm going to go off that and then I want to kind of want to drift into something that I was actually about to say. But uh, <laughs> it's funny, like with Grant, because I honestly don't mind him on the second line. Me neither. I, I really don't. I mean, it puts. I mean, can I? Yeah, that's definitely good too. Because honestly, I didn't. I don't really know much about Grant. I obviously have to. Obviously, we have to see how he plays with Hayes connecting and maybe different lines. But you think there's any way they could maybe they throw him down with? Because uh, they, you know, before I say this, let me read off the lines because they said the lines were supposed to be your first line of Drew uh, with Vorchek and Couturier in the middle, then your second line Grant Hayes and Connecting, uh, and then the third line of. Uh, Van Riemsdyk, Lawton, and Pitlick, and then the fourth line with Raffle, Thompson, and uh, Albe Kubel. So now I'm thinking to myself, I saw that earlier, and I'm thinking, do you think there's any way they could switch Grant with Lawton and have Lawton as the second line center, Grant as the third line center? But uh, then I thought again to myself, I'm like, yeah, there's no way they do that because then that just loses depth because you kind of have like a little bit of a weaker third line there. Yeah. So I would rather have Grant with Hayes and uh, Konechny. Yeah, definitely, because I... Like, even though, like, Lawton and Hayes have had, like, incredible chemistry this season, I like the way that third line has been playing with JVR, Lawton, and Pitlick, so I wouldn't want to separate that too much. And 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 it's not like these lines are going to stay like this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like with Aleem and Yo. Again, I I know I talk about it a lot. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's good to see a coach that does that because he, one, he, it gets other guys going, adds more chemistry. And by the time, and, and, and if a team that he has makes the playoffs, they've all basically played with each other already. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really not that bad. But the one thing I wanted to say, though, is like for a team like the Flyers and, and, and not even just the Flyers, a team in any position like this, that's kind of like I, fighting their way for a spot like they know they're going to get in. They just don't know where. Yeah. And for me and I'm thinking to myself, like this team has to have four lines and that's yes. exactly what they have right now. They have like that fourth line, that that fourth line can score goals. Oh, yeah, it definitely. Can. It, not all the time, but it can. Yeah, I Michael mean, Michael Rothel, we all know he's a guy that put, can put the puck in the net occasionally. Right. Nicholas Albi Kubel has proven time and time again that he has a great shot right. and can produce when needed. He's got five goals this year. 
Yes, he and does. It's, and, and that might seem like it's awful, but when you play, I don't know, maybe seven and a half, eight minutes a night, it's pretty, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty darn good. And what JVR, Lawton, and Pitlick have done on that third line, they can. Lawton oh, yeah. scored two goals last game, and also Pitlick. Lawton and Pitlick have been really underrated been producers phenomenal. for this team. Yeah. Really underrated. And JVR, he's a hot and cold player. That's basically the summary of his career. He's hot and he's cold. And I think right now, it's like he's kind of in between right now. Like he's kind of getting the points, and sometimes he doesn't get the points. But. It's not as bad as it was in the beginning of the season. I think he's he's found a nice middle level right now to where he's like some nights he doesn't do something, but other nights he will contribute to do something. It's like he's like I said, he's found that nice middle ground in the lineup. It's funny, too, because when he was on the Toronto Maple Leafs, when he scored 30 goals, he was on the third line for them. Right. So JVR, I think, benefits more from playing more down the lineup. Even though that was the plan at the beginning of the season, it's starting to pan out better than what happened earlier on in the season. So overall, what would you give the grade for the Flyers in this trade deadline? A minus. A minus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only reason I say A minus is because of that Thompson deal. Because I think they could have maybe gotten something different, but... For a fifth round pick, it's not bad. But honestly, like they didn't make many moves for me to say A plus because the Thompson deal wasn't that great. Yeah, but I think A minus is pretty pretty fair grade. Yeah, I'll give the Flyers an A just because Chuck Fletcher was tight on what he could do, and I think he made the most of it. Mm. Even though not a lot of people, especially a lot of Flyers fans, would agree with this, but in the right in the right mindset, he did the right thing. He, he got did. the pieces that he needed to do. You could, I mean, granted, I know, I know we said it too. Like we should get Peugeot to Foley and this and uh, that. Yeah, and everyone's gonna say that because no those one's are, really. Yeah, those yeah, are the big I names mean, on the market, and you want the big names, right? So now I think to myself, like he made, he did make the right moves. Now were we wrong saying they should get them? No, because they, in hindsight, we're thinking to ourselves, all right, this could help us out. But then again, in the future, if the Flyers don't resign him, and then if you look at what the Islanders gave up for Peugeot, oh, yeah. it was a first in 2020, a second in 2020, and then a third round pick in 2022. Oh, now, if the Islanders boy. if the Islanders win that win the cup this season, that third round pick gets sent back to Ottawa. Yes. Which that's granted, let's face it here. And, now now anything could happen, but that's basically unlikely. Yeah, and the condition so, on the, and the condition on that first round pick is it, it's lottery protected. So if the Islanders somehow fall out of the playoffs mm-hmm. and their pick goes into the top three, the Islanders keep that 2020 first round pick, but Ottawa will get the 2021 first round pick from the Islanders unprotected. Right. So how many first round picks do the Senators have this year? Three. They have three. I think they have. That's great. They, they have, have. Well, they have their own. They have their own. They have San Jose's from the Eric Carlson trade and the Islanders and, and the Islanders trade. So they'll probably have two of them in the top ten because of the, yes. just what the just what the way the lottery is, and then they'll have one in the mid twenties. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that, that's pretty good for Ottawa, and that's yeah, good to see too. I mean, it's uh, it kind of sucks though, like with, the, with the, like their fans how they just they have like none of their star players like Stone, Carlson, Sadly. Shane. Uh, they're crazy, they're man. building their nice new core down there. I'll give Ottawa. I'll say another maybe like two, maybe three years until they're mm-hmm. I guess relevant again. In yeah. contention, but for the Islanders' standpoint, they extend John Gabriel Pajot to a six-year contract worth thirty mil, so he's getting paid five million dollars a season. 
And honestly, that's kind of what you expected. It's a little bit of a pay raise for him. Yeah. That's kind of the money you would expect for a guy like John Gabriel Pajot. Yeah, he was making 3.5 with Ottawa. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's a little bit more. Yeah, So honest, and honestly, I didn't expect him to re-sign with the Islanders. That I didn't either, quickly. honestly. I expected him to go back to Ottawa in the offseason, mm-hmm. but hey, Lou Lamorello was persistent in getting Pajot. And there was also rumors that Parise was going to be traded to the Islanders too, but that never fell through. No. So... They, I guess they're fine what they got in Pajot. Yeah, because they were saying... Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They were saying uh, for Parise that, that like they were trying to get Andrew... like It was like they were trying to give up Andrew Ladd for him. Oh, yeah, that that would have been a pain. Yeah, but, and I think Ladd that... Contract. Right, and I, and I think that might have been bad, too, for Minnesota as well, because think about it, Andrew Ladd... I don't even think he's played a game this season with the Islanders. No, I think he's been in the AHL the entire year. I believe so, and he makes like 5.5. Oh, geez. That's basically Andrew McDonald 2.0. Yeah, and Parise makes 7.5. I don't know how many years is left uh, on Parise. I'm actually looking that up as right now as we speak. But, uh, again, I, I think that was kind of a little unlikely for the Islanders to, to do that. Yeah, so, oh, my God. So Parise makes – he's 35 right now. He makes yes. uh, 7.5. Past the 2024-2025 season, it doesn't actually show me the uh, the full thing. I got to click on this here. This is that is actually unreal. And guess who signed them to that contract? Good old Chuck Fletcher, ninety-eight million dollars. <laughs> Thank God signed we it in the 2012-13 season, and he's got five years left on that. Thank God the new CBA prevents that from happening. <laughs> and the, the, I don't know if you saw there was a uh, there was a uh, contract extension today. Yes, there Muzzin was. Chris, got, yeah, Muzzin, Muzzin got extended by the Leafs. And also Chris Kreider got extended by the New York Rangers. Everyone was expecting Kreider to be on the move, but no, yeah. he gets extended. <laughs> that, that, that was such a disappointment. It was. I was, I was expecting a big trade from the Rangers and or maybe yeah. to Boston or something. And, and like, it's like, oh, Kreider resigned. I'm like, oh, that's great. And like, <laughs> like I could understand being paid 6.5 annually, but for seven years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's hefty. Seven years is hefty right there yeah. for Chris Kreider. I mean, I can understand the Rangers, but ugh. yeah, uh, I don't like the seven years. I like that 6.5. I think that's fine for Kreider, but seven years. I would have went. I See, I, if that was me, I would have won five. I would I yeah. would have went seven by five. I would I would have done that, too. Because and I also, think... did you hear the uh, did you hear the news about the uh, the injury news for the New York Rangers about? Uh, yeah, that's actually Kevin really and sad, just, man. And Shesterkin getting into that a car is. accident. Mm-hmm. So. Shesterkin and Bushnevich got into a car accident yesterday in Brooklyn. And it was today. It, now I think it was. I think what the report said it was yesterday, but about not entirely sure what what day particularly was. But they both got into a car crash. They're they're both fine. They're both alive, but they're in yeah. the hospital. Bushnevich, he's day to day. He didn't get the worst of the injuries, but Shesterkin got the worst of it. I think there was. I, was it like a cracked rib? They or say, it, it was either cracked or fractured, which technically is the same thing. Yeah, so he's Shesterkin, from the way he's been playing this season, that is... A he's been gut, like their lord and savior for the past couple basically, weeks. Basically, that's that's a shot in the heart to the New York that Rangers is. team because the way he's been playing, he's going to be out. I think the report said he's going to be out for at least three to four weeks, and he's going to be reevaluated within within the next two weeks. Wow. So, he, so he's going to remain in the hospital, I think, for that amount of time. That sucks because they were, you know, and that's funny too because they were actually making a playoff push, and I was so worried about this sure. Friday's game because they were they're playing good, 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, if they start Shesterkin, the Flyers might actually lose that. Yeah, and it's, it, it's or at also least one the, of them. It's also the thing that I I expected Henry Lundqvist to get traded at this mm-hmm. deadline, but with this whole situation with Shesterkin, they ha- they're probably forced their hand to keep Lundqvist, and now they got to rely on Georgiev and Lundqvist. Who honestly haven't been the best of things for the New York Rangers this well, season. Well, they also have Jeruby Furuby Baruby. They do have Jeruby Furuby Baruby, <laughs> but I don't. I don't think he's going to do anything for them. No, no, I was kidding. I know. <laughs> uh, g- good old JF Baruby. I love. I love saying his name like that. <laughs> Jeruby. So do I. It's great. So, if we transition to the rest of the NHL trade deadline, we just focused on some moves that recently happened. But if we go over the entire day. That happened. So we, I'm on TSN currently on the trade track, tracker. So if we go to last night, because it's actually this whole situation of trade started last night. So the Washington Capitals, they have acquired forward Ilya Kovalchuk from the Montreal Canadiens for a third round pick. And after that trade, everyone freaked out because everyone thought it was the, the prime Ilya Kovalchuk going to the Washington Capitals. But no, this is mid-30s Ilya Kovalchuk who is washed up. And yeah, maybe he'll help Washington out loud, but he's not going to play an important role with the Capitals. He is not. Eh. I mean, I don't think he's that bad. I, I don't I, think he's like. He's been good. He's, he's been good bad. when he signed with Montreal, but lately he's kind of hit a cold wall, and he hasn't been playing as good. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't expect him to do anything major going to Washington. Mm-hmm. I, it, it doesn't scare me at Probably all. Probably play third line. Yeah, I would, I would I would expect playing third line minutes. A lot of people are freaking out about this trade, saying, "Oh my God, it's Ilya Kovalchuk going with Alex Ovechkin. That's gonna be deadly." Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it is not. And it's funny because Montreal like has uh, they have visions of re-signing him in the offseason. Okay. So they'll basically so they'll so they'll get Kovalchuk back, and then they'll have the third round pick if they re-sign him. If they so. re-sign him, so Montreal making some moves at the deadline right there. So if we transition to today. We have a trade between the Detroit Red Wings and the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers acquire Mike Green for Kyle Brodziak and a conditional fourth-round pick from Detroit. So Edmonton bolstering up the defense a little bit. They also acquired Andreas Afanasiu for yeah, Sam Gagne. The Oilers had a good day. Picks. Yeah, and Steve Eiserman given some of his old his old uh, to Ken Holland, the old gym at the Detroit Red Wings, giving some old players back to Ken Holland. So it's like, oh, Ken Holland was the GM at the Detroit Red Wings when Green and Anthony C were on the team. Eh, I want them back. Bring them back. <laughs> and I'll give you Sam Gagne, Kyle Brodziak, and a couple picks. Oh, so, Sam Gagne, the former flyer. Yeah, the former flyer. I, I feel bad for Gagne. I liked Gagne. I feel bad for him. He's going to Detroit. I feel yeah, bad. It does suck. <laughs> any, Especially any when you're on the Oilers good. and you're going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> so if we transition to more trades today, the Colorado Avalanche have acquired Vladislav Nemestikov from the Ottawa Senators for a 2021 four-round pick. That is a nice trade right there for the Colorado Avalanche, bolstering their forward depth. I like that move a lot. 40 avalanche. And then one of the bigger trades of the day between the Carolina hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. This is a five player trade. So the Carolina hurricanes, they get forward Vincent Trocek in exchange for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, E2 loose and chase Prisky. So Carolina, they got a good forward in Vincent Trocek and Florida. They got a lot of pieces in return. So Carolina, they're making a lot of moves to improve their forward depth. But the one move that Carolina did not do today was get a goaltender. 
because yeah. you know the whole thing with Morazic and Reimer, they're probably going to be out for a long time, mm-hmm. and they're going to. Well, they you, said you... uh, Morazic has a concussion. Yeah, so we don't we don't know the extent of what's going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Reimer. They didn't give an update on Reimer. They said Pesci has a shoulder injury, and yeah. he said none of them are uh, short term though. They're all long term. Yeah, that's that was the expectation for both of those, and they're going to re- rely on their guys from the age to come up. I know one of their guys is Anton Forsberg. I know he's been playing good for Charlotte, but that's a big, that's a tough task for Anton Forsberg coming up into the NHL in a playoff push. Is that the Forsberg that was on the Blackhawks? Yes, it was. Was he the backup? He Anton Forsberg last season was the backup for Chicago. Okay, yes, yeah, because I remember seeing him for a while because I know they had uh, Delia as well. And he's, yes. I believe he's with their AHL team. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a difficult task right there for Carolina in their goaltending and, situation, but they've bolstered a lot of other positions yeah. in the trade deadline today, though. Right. And speaking of goalies, did you see Robin Leonard went to uh, Vegas? Yes, I saw that. That was and a good trade. Vegas, finally, they get someone to help out Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. Finally. And we'll get, we'll discuss that trade later. But other trades, so we get the Pittsburgh Penguins and the San Jose Sharks. San Jose trades Patrick Marlowe to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a 2021 third round pick. And also people freaked out about this because it's Patrick Marlowe. So they hear the name. Oh my God, the Pittsburgh Penguins immediately got better. Immediately. And also there's a condition on that third round pick. If Pittsburgh wins the cup this season, that third round pick will become a second rounder for the San Jose Sharks. So Patrick Marlowe, kind of iffy about the trade. He's He's in his early 40s. He's kind of washed up. He's not going to produce the same way as he once was. Pittsburgh, it adds to your depth. That's basically what it is. It's a depth move. And people are freaking out about this just because of the name Patrick Marlowe and what he used to be. And then other trades on the day, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Colorado Avalanche. Toronto gets defenseman Kale Rosen in exchange for goaltender Michael Hutchinson. So there's another thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tyson Berry was not on the... was rumored to get traded but he did not get traded mm-hmm. yeah it was like right when it was actually around like 2 30 when there was like more rumors coming out about barry and then once three o'clock hit like as soon as it hit a tweet came out i was like no trade but no uh trade for barry with toronto i was like uh, it's like the one thing with tyson barry too he's it's basically if you're trading barry that's a rental for another team and barry has not been good this season no he has not been good. And also, Toronto did not do much to help their roster after they lost to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they haven't done much. It's a, that's crazy. It really is. That really is crazy. That is. And if we go to more trades on the day, we have the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils. Buffalo acquires forward Wayne Simmons for a conditional 2021 fifth-round pick. And that condition on the fifth-round pick it can turn into a fourth rounder if the Sabres one make the playoffs, and also if Simmons plays ten games. And the Devils will retain fifty percent of Simmons's five million dollar cap hit. So one Buffalo would hope that they make the playoffs, and who knows if Simmons is going to play ten games? I can see Simmons playing ten games for them, but Buffalo, you're not making the playoffs. No, you are not making the playoffs. Unless Simmons gets thirty goals in ten games, then no way. That is not happening. Hey, could you imagine a hat trick for Simmons in every game? <laughs> oh. Just imagine. He literally have close to have more of the goals that he had when he was on the fly. He had like thirty two in a season. That was his most, right? Yes, I think so. 
Yeah. So he literally be two goals behind his season high when he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. And then more trades on the day. There's been a lot of trades today. So Boston, this is between Boston and the Anaheim Ducks. So Boston acquires forward Nick Ritchie in exchange for Denton Heinen. So Boston, they these are this is basically a swap of two players that needed a change of scenery. Nick Ritchie, he was an up and coming prospect, hasn't really panned out that much. Same thing with Dayton Heinen. These two players really just needed a change of scenery. So hopefully both trades work out for both teams. And if we move to more trades, we have the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators. Montreal acquires forward Aaron Lucic and a 2027th round pick for forward Matthew Pekka. And then the Edmonton Oilers, like I said, Andres Anthonisiu and Ryan Kampfner, Ryan Kuffner actually go to the Edmonton Oilers for Sam Gagne and two second round picks in 2020. And 2021. Also, Edmonton, especially pushy on the trade deadline today. They also require forward Tyler Ennis from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a 2021 fifth round pick. And then the Calgary Flames and the Los Angeles Kings. Calgary acquires forward Derek Forbit in exchange for a conditional 2021 fourth round pick. And Pittsburgh and the Buffalo Sabres. Pittsburgh's making a lot of moves today as well. Pittsburgh acquires forward Connor Sheary and Evan Rodriguez for former for forward Dominic Kahn. So Pittsburgh making some more moves for their depth. And here's another trade between the Florida Panthers and the Dallas Stars. Florida acquires for defenseman Emil Juice for a 2020 sixth round pick that was originally the Buffalo Sabres from the Dallas Stars. And here's another big trade of the day from the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. So Carolina, they acquired defenseman Sammy Vatanen for forward John Kukinen and Frederick Clayson for a conditional 2024 front pick. And New Jersey will retain 50% of Vantanen's salary in this transaction. So Carolina, they get a good defenseman in return to bolster the defensive depth. So that's a good trade right there for Carolina, but just they didn't get go out and try to get that goaltender. Can you imagine if Carolina tried to go out and get Robin Lehner from <laughs> Chicago? That would be unreal. That would be unreal. That would definitely be unreal. And speaking of Robin Lehner, like we said earlier, he was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Vegas Golden Knights for goaltender Malcolm Subban, defenseman Slava Demon, and a 2020 second-round pick that was originally the Pittsburgh Penguins pick. So Malcolm Subban wasn't working out once again as the backup for the Vegas Golden Knights. He gets traded once again, and hopefully something will work out in Chicago for him because, honestly... He's a first-round pick goaltender, and he just hasn't found his way in the NHL, sadly. Sadly for Malcolm Subban. If we moved to more picks in this draft, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Anaheim Ducks, a swap of forwards, Columbus gets Devin Shore, and Anaheim gets forward Sonny Milano. And if we look at more trades from the Carolina Hurricanes, they get defenseman Brady Shea from the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick. And also... There's some conditions in this trade as well. Carolina will have the option of deciding which of their own or the Toronto Maple Leafs first-round pick they give to the New York Rangers before the draft. So Carolina, they have two first-round picks in this draft. So what other one is hot? Well, honestly, they have the option of which pick goes to New York. So that's it right there. And another trade between the Vancouver Canucks and the New Jersey Devils. So this is a swap of goaltenders. Vancouver after losing Jake Markstrom for a long time, he's going to be out for a little bit. That's going to sting for them. They get Louis Domingue from the New Jersey Devils in return for goaltender Zane 
I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm <laughs> going to try it. <laughs> Zane. It's basically McIntyre without the A. Is, is, Zane, how... is it is it McIntyre? I'm not sure. Or McIntyre? It's like, it's like MCL. It's like, I don't even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> we can go with McIntyre, honestly. Let's go McIntyre. Why not? <laughs> yeah, let's. why not? Let's go McIntyre. So we transition to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the San Jose Sharks. So the San Jose got a steal right here. So Tampa Bay, they acquired forward Barclay Goudreau in a 2020 third-round pick that was originally the Philadelphia Flyers. And San Jose, in return, acquires a 2020 first-round pick and Anthony Greco, a forward. So Barclay Goudreau, not worth a first-round pick. But no. San Jose, they get the first round pick regardless because Tampa Bay, they're contending and they're contending and picks don't matter to them. No. So San Jose, they're getting some picks right there. So good for them. So we get another trade between the Nashville Predators and the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim receives Matt Irwin from Nashville in exchange for Corbin and Holzer. Matt Irwin. Yes. Have you ever played NHL? Yes. I'm sure you have, right? Yes. I did a franchise move one time with the Predators. And Matt Irwin was the most annoying guy in the world. You know how you could do like those moral meetings, right? Yes. This dude, whatever I did, he was just had this. He just had like the worst attitude. I was like, dude, I at one point I literally just wanted to. I was like, you suck. I I literally <laughs> sent him down to the ECHL. I was like, That's... you are awful. That is, that and then I, I ended up had the buying amount. I was so tired of him. My moral was always down be, just because of Matt Irwin. Everyone else was the green, happy, smiley face, and this dude was just like the the most the mellow face. I was like, dude, you you, you stink. Like, this is unreal. <laughs> so transitioning, there's more trades. There are just a ton of trades today. So the Anaheim Ducks and the Washington Capitals. Anaheim gets Kristen Juice, a defenseman in exchange for forward Daniel Sprong. And then another trade between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Montreal Canadiens. Vegas gets former flyer Nick Cousins in exchange for a 2021 fourth-round pick. So Nick Cousins gets another chance to play for the Vegas Golden Knights right there. So maybe something will uh, work out between him and the Vegas Golden Knights. Who knows? So another trade between the Arizona Coyotes and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Arizona gets forward Marcus Heinekeinen, for a 2020 seventh round pick, which is conditional. And then there's another trade that's a really minor trade between the Flyers and the Blackhawks. The Flyers have traded defenseman TJ Brennan for forward Nathan Noel. So TJ Brennan, a longtime phantom, is on the move now to play for Chicago. Who knows if he's actually going to play for the Chicago Blackhawks roster or he's going to go down and play for their AHL affiliate. But TJ Brennan, thank you for your time with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And it is time to move on from there. Another trade between the Calgary Flames and the Chicago Blackhawks. Calgary gets defenseman Eric Gustafson for a 2020 third-round pick, and Chicago they will receive the earlier Cal- they will receive either the earlier of the Calgary Flames two third-round picks in the 2020 NHL draft. So that's the third-round pick that goes to Chicago for defenseman Eric Gustafson. That's a nice trade right there for Calgary. If we move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. A swap up forward and defenseman right here. Toronto gets forward Matt Larudo in exchange for forward Jordan Schmaltz. And then the Vegas Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Vegas gets forward Martin, Z- I think, Dezirkles, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and a 2025th round pick from the Vegas Golden Knights. And then we go to the final tr- two trades of the day. So Edmonton and Anaheim. Edmonton gets goaltender 
Angus Redman and a conditional 2022 seventh round pick for defenseman Joel Pearson, who goes to Anaheim. And then the final trade of the day, San Jose Sharks and the Calgary Flames. San Jose gets forward Brendan Davidson in exchange for the best player of the trade deadline, Future Considerations. Future Considerations is going to be the best player for the Calgary Flames. Can't wait for Future Considerations to put up more goals than Gretzky in half the years. Basically, that's <laughs> definitely what's going to happen. Definitely. So it's been a nice day of trade deadline here in the NHL, a nice day of mispronouncing names because, you know, that happens. <laughs> uh, well, what are your thoughts on today's trade deadline, Chris, as a whole? Honestly? As a whole? I thought it was a good trade deadline. I, I mean, I don't really – I mean, it's kind of hard to just – I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, like, what was good for each team, but I didn't think there was – I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Um, honestly, I think that word, the worst trade was probably the uh, the Blue Jackets with Milano for sure. That was yeah. that was just a ripoff. But like <laughs> for Anaheim, but uh, besides that, I mean, I thought the Flyers had a good trade deadline. Sadly, the Metro had a good trade deadline, but again, which sucks. But yeah, sadly. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't really be mad about it because the Flyers are in a good position as of now. And yes, um, you know. The things that happened with the Rangers, uh, you know, it's it, it stinks. Uh, it's definitely hard uh, for that, and it's definitely it's something you do not want to see. And uh, you know, condolences to those guys. Hopefully, they can come back and uh, be better athletes and things like that, and be able to uh, get well and things. But that that, that kind of does help out some teams in the Metro too, with just Sturkin out. I know it's such a horrible topic to say it like that, but like as a it hockey does. sense, it, it, it does. Yeah, it, it, it like I don't want to say it, but like I have to. Like, because it does help out some teams, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, I, I don't, I just don't want to sound like, you know what I mean? I just don't want to sound yeah. like that guy that's like, oh, he said this about just start getting like, I don't, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, definitely. And as we get closer to wrapping up this episode of the Fired Up Podcast, a little bit of uh, some funny notes talking about from the Flyers perspective of the trade deadline. So Chuck Fletcher in his press conference, someone was asking him about Shane Goss's there. And it was funny or not because Chuck Fletcher was like, so I don't go on Twitter often, but I seem to find that I trade Shane Gossespierre a lot on Twitter. <laughs> it's like, it, it's funny because Chuck Fletcher did say it. Yeah, it, teams did call me on Shane Gossespierre, but there was really nothing for me to do trade-wise. There was nothing for me that I would say, yes, that's a definite trade. Mm-hmm. And he wants he wants Shane Gossespierre on the Flyers. And hey, I, honestly, with the whole situation going on with Ghost right now and his injury, I really didn't expect him to get traded. I, I was kind of praying to another level that he might get traded for something to come in return. But, eh, what are you going to do? Shane Goss's bear, Chuck Fletcher, wants him on the Flyers roster for the foreseeable future. So, it's nice there that Chuck Fletcher still believes in Shane Goss's bear and that he also browses Twitter often to check to see if he trades Shane Goss's bear plenty of times. And it's funny, too, on another funny note, so there was a, uh, a fake Flyers account that was putting out fake trades today. And one of those trades was the Flyers acquired Roman Yossi for Shane Gossesbear in a pick. And guess what? WIP reported on that <laughs> because they thought it was true. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, that is, it's just a shame. It, it is just a shame. It's funny. It really is. And, and, and then they put out a... a... A thing this morning and it was like oh the flyers are the best team in philly and then they report that it's just like come on really <laughs> like, yeah they it takes put you out now to realize that yeah <laughs> it, it, they put out an article it's like 
it's like the Flyers are the best team in Philly. Yeah, we've known that for a while. <laughs> like, I, 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 you know, I think us, like, you know, people over here, like, doing these podcasts and everything, and not even just us, like, media and stuff. We've been saying this for about a month and a half. <laughs> like, it's just unreal. It's just funny how. It is. It, it's hilarious. It's just funny. It's so funny because it's like, like, like how Twitter gives out the check marks for verified pages. It's yeah. like there wasn't even a check mark on this page. It was like a fake check mark. It was like a J yeah, with a white outline. It's yeah. <laughs> great. It's, it's, it's so funny. I, I love I love seeing the react. Like the first comment was like, it, it was the guy. I don't know if you've ever seen the guy on Twitter. His uh, he's fake Elaine Vigneault. <laughs> his, his tweet was like. He said that he told the dude that there's a special place in hell for him. <laughs> it's funny too because awesome. there's de- it's funny too because there's definitely some people who fell for that. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. It's funny. T- it's funny just to look at the comments on those traits. It's like, God damn it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because you sent it to me, and I was like, I was like, wait a minute, and then I'm like, oh, I saw the J. I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, I'm not falling for that. See, there's no way that's happening. Definitely there isn't. <laughs> it, it's funny, too, because it was like the same thing when uh, the fake Devil's Count said they were going to hire Gerard Gallant, and it just mm-hmm. it was fake. So, And then there was one that they got, uh, what's his face, from, um, uh, there was one the other day that, like, I can't remember who they got, but it, it was someone from Carolina, but it was like a steal. I, 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 it might have been Aho or something like that. It was just it was just crazy, and, and like, the return was like a fourth-round pick. I was like, dude, there's no way that's real. It's funny because this this fake Flyers account, like he put he posted like or he or she posted like so many different trades throughout the day, and all of them I think involved Shane Gossespierre. <laughs> one was for Roman Yossi, I think one was for Johnny Goodfro. I forget what the other ones were for, but I think majority of them involved Shane Gossespierre. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, it seems that you don't like was... Shane Gossespierre. <laughs> uh, that that is hilarious, but. It has been a very eventful trade deadline, to say the least. It definitely makes up for last year's trade deadline, which re- honestly nothing happened. So it's a nice trade deadline to see a lot of other tr- teams making some moves to improve their roster. The Flyers definitely improved their bottom six, which was a major need, even though some people would not agree with this because they want to see the major names. But the Flyers, on a factual standpoint, they got the moves they needed. They got the players they wanted, and it improves their depth, which is the most important thing going towards the playoffs. I'm looking at this burner account. Yeah. And it says breaking. The Flyers are winning the cup this year. <laughs> and then it's like we have acquired Johnny Gaudreau from the NHL Flames in exchange for our 2021 first round pick and 2023 second. And then it says <laughs> there's one from a burner penguins account. It says breaking. F you Matt Murray. <laughs> Official, we have acquired Connor McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for a 2021 first-round pick, 2022 first-round pick, goaltender Brian Elliott and Shane Gossespierre. And the best part is the is the Shane and Shane Gossespierre is spelled wrong. <laughs> and, and then the, the first one is, we have acquired Patrick Kane from the NHL Blackhawks in exchange for our 2021 first-round pick, 2022 first-round pick. And Shane Gossespierre. And every too. picture is, like, so blurry, too. <laughs> it's funny, too, because there was a report out there saying that Chicago was willing to trade Patrick Kane if someone was willing on to take Duncan Keefe's salary. I'm just no, like, there I, wasn't. I, I, no, I did see that on Twitter. I think it was Elliot Friedman or Bob McKenzie. I'm not sure which one it was. But I remember seeing something like that. I'm just like, who is going to take on Patrick Kane's salary? First of all, that's 10-plus million. 
and Duncan Keith. Yeah, that's <laughs> Jesus. I mean, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's setting the bar high, huh? That is really setting the bar high. Yeah. So, <laughs> about to wrap it up here on the podcast episode. Like me and Chris said, we both get the Flyers at least an A minus in this trade deadline. They did what they do to make the moves that they had to improve the depth, and that's what the main goal for Chuck Fletcher was. So, as this trade deadline is over, the Flyers are back in action tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks, and we'll definitely see players like Nate Thompson and Derek Grant be in the lineup for the Flyers tomorrow. Sadly, we won't see Connor Bonneman. We won't see Joel Faraby. They'll be down with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So the push for the playoffs continue, continues tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks at 7 o'clock at the Wells Fargo Center. Hopefully, the Flyers can grab some much-needed points against the San Jose Sharks and improve their improve their spots in the Metropolitan Division as they're currently still in third place. So it'll be a nice game to watch tomorrow. Sadly, guys like Joe Thornton aren't gone. They aren't on a contender. They still stay with the San Jose Sharks. But I digress. The Flyers need to get some points tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks. And let's see if it, it can be an eventful day tomorrow at the Wells Fargo Center. So for here at the Florida Podcast, I'm Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer. And we will be back to recap the Flyers game against the San Jose Sharks. So see you later, everyone.